If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real-life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guja, and with me is my uh, co-host, your neighborhood-friendly data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this first episode of Between Data and Risk. Today, we'll be talking about data, uh, and uh, we'll be talking about how listening to your data can uh, really bring you closer to reality. Uh, Marian, I know that this is uh, something that uh, you've encountered uh, quite uh, intimately uh, in your life. So why don't you tell us uh, about something that we really love talking about, your first peer-reviewed published COVID data spread model? Yes, uh, it was. It's, it's a pretty good story. I think it's a really good example of uh, how looking at the data itself and, as you said, listening to it, uh, can bring you to, to, to conclusions which are uh, closer to reality. Uh, for those who are with us and don't know, uh, my uh, model uh, differed from, from others. Uh, it, was, it was a global spread model, meaning that we take one ill person, we drop it uh, in Wuhan, China in November 2018, and the model calculates how many uh, ill people will be in different areas of, of the world. The, the world is divided into small chunks around airports, and in each chunk we were able to calculate how many people will be sick and how many of them will be symptomatic, how many of them will be asymptomatic to the level where starting the simulation with single person in Wuhan, China in November mm, 2019, we were able to accurately predict the uh, number of people that will be symptomatic and asymptomatic in New York six months later. Uh, there was uh, an excellent uh, research done by one of the hospitals where we tested a sample of uh, pregnant women, uh, which is an excellent random sample. All women are giving birth at some point uh, when they are pregnant, of course. Uh, so there was no like social or, or, or racial or any other type of disturbance. So it was, uh, and we were, our, our predictions were pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, but how we did we, how did we get there? Mm. Let me remind you, but uh, let's, uh, let's, let's first, uh, let's first uh, point out when you actually did it. Because I oh, think yeah, this we, is, this is a key bit of information. Uh, thank you, Arthur. Yes, uh, we did it in March, 2020. So it was three months, uh, after or five months after the, the, the whole thing started. And uh, it was very soon uh, after it was spread, uh, the, the information, not only COVID, but the information was spread. So it, 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 it's a model which was uh, prepared 
way ahead of any any reaction of the world, to be honest, to uh, to to the virus. So it was uh, done pretty pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, coming back to data, I love talking about data. I don't like talking about dates, uh, especially the failed ones. Uh, our model differed from uh, from other attempts uh, in a number of uh, I would say facets. One of them was it, it wasn't a machine learning model. Uh, we didn't just drop data into uh, into some machine learning uh, machinery. Uh, it was an analytical model, and maybe that was the biggest source of its success, and that's why we were able to, to uh, predict uh, reality uh, correctly, because the data from different countries differed very much. And... Um, the virus which was spreading uh, like a wildfire in one country, suddenly in another was uh, mildly, slowly, lazily crossing from one side of the street to another, getting hit by a Mack truck half of the time. So so was it the quality of the data that differed or was it the ac actually the data was telling you something different? Uh, it was the quality of, of the data. Data was telling me that uh, in many cases, uh, the virus is treated as a political entity, not the biological one. So uh, we had to take a step back, uh, get back to the board and uh, mm, draw ourselves the information. What do we know about the viruses? What do we know about the coronaviruses? What do we know about uh, outbreaks of of similar um, uh, similar viruses in the in the past? And we realized that um, this outbreak, if we would believe the original source of data, uh, it would be the one of the slowest spreading coronaviruses, and yet it would, you know, become a pandemic. Slowly, it was it was visible that it becomes a pandemic. Uh, this too didn't really adapt very well. So we checked the faster spreading uh, coronaviruses and fed it to the model. And uh, if we sped up the virus uh, in a um, uh, to the, we didn't have much data from, from many countries. Like It was just spreading to go out. So the data from, from countries with, uh, which we considered trustworthy was, was still limited. But there were, let's say, enough cases. We, we used some advanced statistics to, to see what is the confidence interval of, of, of our predictions. They were, they were pretty wide, but uh, not... Not so wide, but but the model was uh, was useless. Uh, maybe a bit wider, but but we would like to. But uh, still, we were comp comparing the the results of our analytical model with with the observed reality. Um, so the fir the first lesson, kind of uh, that I would draw out here, is to to actually look at your data and compare it to 
to known examples so that you you actually can can take even to have a feel whether your data is actually uh you know whether you're reading it correctly uh i would phrase it different i i i think i agree uh but the 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 first thing that you should you should do working with any data and it's not only about uh it's not only about uh covid it's uh, i will give you another example we we had a situation we're working for one of the companies uh they had a system which was messaging um, messaging people and they were observing uh they, they were interested in people opening these messages like you know uh, i think everybody who works in marketing knows that it's pretty relevant if people actually read what you prepared for them uh so uh they were sending these messages and um I've been tasked with checking what is the uh, effectiveness, the overall effectiveness of, of this uh, messaging. And they realized that nobody checked what is an open ratio of the, uh, of the um, messages that we expect people to open. Uh, I asked them and they provided me with some, with some analysis, initial analysis of uh with open ratios but i noticed in the file that uh, some of these open ratios are uh larger than one my question was how is it even possible that you have open ratios which are bigger than one and the, the answer was you know it's fewer than five percent of cases so we disregard it uh the problem was 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 much deeper, and there was a actual problem with the logging system. The data was uh, unreliable, and uh, it, it was a really big big technological problem in the end. Uh, but so the first step: think what the data means. It's not exactly like uh, uh, rocket rocket surgery. Uh, it's it's about <laughs> it's your data about your business. What does it really mean? If I have an open ratio, it means that some people, 10 people received messages, well, 10 messages each, and on average, how many uh, messages did they open? And if somebody opens more messages than they received, there is something like, if you would send people like paper envelopes, and you would hear that somebody opened 12 envelopes out of 10 that they received, it should raise some yeah, suspicion it, something is wrong it 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 clearly indicates uh, problems but what what about slightly more subtle uh, issues like uh, how can you really verify that the data is 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 reliable let's say let's say you 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 never had uh, open ratios above above 50% how how could you tell whether this is this is really you know reliable data uh, if you can do it uh if you can do it you should send one more message to a control person and see if all the gates this message goes through report it going through uh the best way to to test the the data is to make a so so to speak control run 
of the process that you are trying to measure and see if everything is reflected uh, reflected correctly. Repeat so how would how would you do it for how would you do it in, in uh, for for COVID? Because you cannot you know put a pregnant woman in New York and see if she catches COVID, uh, right? Uh, in this case, uh, we do not have control over the process, of course. Uh, what you can do is you can compare what you said, uh, compare the structure of the data that you that you are researching with the structure of the data that you have some information about. Uh, that's second best thing to, to actually running the process. In business, you should have control over most of the processes in your uh, in your company, unless you are, I don't know, building a, a ship or a plane and you don't want to, you know, do some, some, some serious, uh, I don't know, stress testing on it, uh, just to check if your databases uh, log it correctly. Um, well, you probably should in that case, if you're building a, a, a play, you should stress that to, to, to almost, well, actually to destruction. Uh, yeah. Yes, but you, you know what I mean? It's uh, probably stress testing is, uh, is controlled and is uh, driven by requirements of the stress testing, not doing it for the sake of uh, checking if your new database version still connects with your old, uh, I don't know, ERP system. and what not? It's uh, the, okay. We try to be funny. We failed. We we're sorry. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's get back to, to 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 the story. So the first thing is uh, if you can do the test run of your data, understand okay what this point of data in my database means. Database in a file, in the email on your chalkboard, uh, uh, whatever. I uh, I trying to be as um, agnostic when it comes to data storage and, and technologies. I, I, I am not uh, a big fan of any um, technologies. Uh, so uh, I, think, I think a big problem with, with the data that was uh, used for COVID was, uh, well, that you, you already mentioned one problem, is that it was treated as a political entity, uh, not mm. a, a biological one. Uh, but uh, another problem was that a lot of uh, a lot of the analysis was uh, polluted by uh, preconceptions, by confirmation biases. Uh, how 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 did you avoid going down that 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 path? Because there were there were a lot of assumptions fed into uh, the, the 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 models that were being developed, and uh, you know you mentioned yourself. Look at past examples, but past examples could be already feeding some assumptions into your analysis uh, that's why the best the best method is to to, to do a uh, test run uh, I think the biggest problem of of the of the models which were being prepared it was over reliance on on machine learning really uh, when we are talking about assumptions coming from from the experience uh, in uh, there are statistical methods uh, which allow us to, uh, let's say, assume uh, what is an example required sample size to detect given effect size. And they require 
assuming what will be the, the expected effect size. Uh, you need a different sample to test if you're open. Let's, let's get back to, to, to open ratios of message open ratios. Uh, if you want to test uh, two, I don't know, titles of your emails, uh, and you need to have different sample size if your expected open ratio is 1%, and you can have different uh, sample size if your expected open ratio is 50%. So unfortunately, you cannot do any analysis when it comes to data with disconnection to, to any prior knowledge. Uh, there are things that people already learned, and uh, data science is about extracting like this prejudice uh, or, or, or unfounded assumptions that you mentioned. That they weren't connected to the nature of of, uh, of the virus. They were connected to, to over reliance on machine learning. Uh, People, people should think, if, if they would think about, okay, what do we know about the previous coronavirus spreads uh, instead of uh, blindly feeding data to... Also, most of the, uh, most of the models that I've seen uh, by that time were on the country level at best. And... Uh, you know, there were multiple and they were in, inherently uh, in disagreement with each other. Uh, why do you believe that suddenly your data is the only true in the world? Some of them probably were, but uh, it's, it's an assumption which uh, broke with every coming week when all the models were only good to describe what's happening. Right now, and a week later, suddenly it didn't it didn't work anymore. So, so your your model was was global in 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 reach. Why did you decide to model globally rather than uh, you know con constrain yourself to a, a single country or a group of countries? <laughs> to answer this question, we should come back to the origin of the story. Uh, it all started as a joke. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's not like we we were virologists uh, trying to 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 justify our um, wages by modeling it. Uh, we were discussing what would happen if someone would sell pregnancy tests as COVID tests. Uh, probably we will come back to the topic of specificity and sensitivity and, and evaluating any any uh, machine learning models at, at some point, but let's say we tried to, just for fun, just for intellectual fun, to decide if someone would sell pregnancy tests as, uh, as COVID tests, uh, what would he have to claim on the package to be legally or, or, or actually right? So what sensitivity? And specificity, they would have to, uh, or okay, let's say accuracy, they would have to claim to be correct. So the well, it is, probably wouldn't be legally right, but uh, let let's say mathematically right. I don't know, to be honest. I'm. We should actually. It gave me an idea, Arthur. We should one uh, once invite a lawyer who would tell us. Uh, 
what level of uh, manipulating the truth around data is actually legal. Because I, I honestly don't know if it would be legal or not. Yeah, that's it's it's a good idea for 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 one of the future future episodes. But, and but obviously, see. what what immediately springs to mind is is Ben Ben Goldacre, if I remember the the name correctly, and uh, uh, the the book Bad Medicine uh, again, if I remember the title correctly, where uh, which describes a lot of these uh, kind of uh, cases where. Med- medicine is applied to science is applied uh or what's the book called Ma- bad science i don't remember anyway uh but exactly what what you say you know if you if you claim your specificity and accuracy wide enough you are probably going to be mathematically right uh yes like you know if you if you so the question is what what is current <clears throat> actual level of 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 uh ratio of people who are uh, asymptomatically we knew from from the from uh, from from the data that we already had that there is a lot of asymptomatic cases and the question was what what is the actual level of uh, uh, with asymptomatic cases to to still be you know to, to compare it to, to to just you know giving everybody a minus uh, so it was it was it, it 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 was a question that we that we like you know wanted to answer and we realized that nobody actually does it you know we couldn't find a model that would answer this this question so this, uh, we decided again okay so let's quickly you know do it ourselves like you know uh, we had a couple of smart people in the room and uh, we found it fascinating to to to, to just solve it just for fun um, so we we didn't have any pressure. On us, it, for us it was intellectual exercise. For us it was uh, it was just good fun. So we didn't have to feel uh, any anybody's obligations to to, to, to do things the, the certain way. We wanted to know what is the actual answer, uh, which leads me to, to 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 another step. If you want to work with the data, ensure uh, yourself certain level of freedom uh objectivity objectivity freedom freedom objectivity comes from the freedom if you are pressured to provide some answer i can assure you that most of the data people can provide some answer they can even justify it and it might be even mathematically correct like this this pregnancy test (laughs) but putting such a pressure on on your on your data scientist is asking for getting uh, certified pregnancy tests as COVID tests. Uh, by the way, I know some research institutes still are are still running uh, projects on detecting COVID. Uh, some some research projects they took a year or more than a year to actually grant the money for, for researching the tests. It started when nobody had tests. And uh, I still know of s- several research projects still running that try to uh, develop novel method, uh, methods to detect COVID. Uh, COVID. Uh, that's, again, the difference between trying to get the... Uh, Trying to get the answer because you want to know the truth and feeling, you know, checking checking the boxes and and, and filling out the, uh, 
the needs which are not connected mm-hmm. to, to your to your result. Uh, so we let's let's try to stay a bit on on, on track. I, I know I'm I'm really bad at it. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have the the freedom. We have the reason. We look at the data and uh, coming back to to, to these preconceptions. I wouldn't call the prior knowledge a preconception. It's a, that's a there is a bit of difference between zero and and, and null. Uh, I I believe if you look at the data without pressure, it also increases the chances that you will be free of preconception. You will not expect results. And then you can treat the prior knowledge as a prior knowledge. Ah, to answer your question, because you, you said how do you, how 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 do you how did yeah. you free yourself from from preconceptions? We didn't expect anything from it. Maybe except getting the, the correct model uh, for the sake of getting this model, not to to justify anything. Or, 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 or it was it was pressure free. So this this kind of comes uh, all, you know very close to the to an, another topic which we'll probably be tackling uh, in in one of future episodes the problem with with all modern science when you you get a grant for your research and then you're 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 expected to produce results so you don't have the freedom to just say you know we looked at it we've had a really good look at it and sorry we didn't find anything that's, because then uh, you 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 will not get another grant if you do yes that. absolutely and this is this is this is a terrible thing which is which is happening to the research it's it's not only that you need to get some result you need to get breakthrough result i think you're understating the problem because right now to 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 publish let's say in a place where where anything will be noticed you need to have a ground breaking results so everybody is pumping up the the, trying to use statistical significance uh, as a measure of actual significance and saying that uh, and adding layers and layers of potential consequences of a discovery just to, to, to make it importanter. Uh, <laughs> and I- I think I think it 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 will be a very very good topic for a future episodes to to mm-hmm. to, to discuss uh, uh, sig- uh, you know statistical significance actual significance and and confidence intervals. But I I wanted to bring your story a bit closer to to business because uh, you know you you mentioned about not treating the, the virus as a political entity and kind of the uh, about the expectation to get a result or. Uh, maybe to put it a different way, there were a lot of uh, probably uh, factors that made people achieve results that they ex- that they were expected to achieve, to reach conclusions that they were expected to, to reach. Now, I want to give you a, a story from business uh, that that is 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 strangely similar. Uh, stress testing, uh, obviously, we're, uh, in financials uh, uh, markets where where you know my history uh, uh, lies, uh, uh, a lot of my my professional life has been spent in in financial services. Uh, 
there's a lot of stress testing exercises where we take the financial portfolios and we run scenarios on them. What would happen? How much would the institution lose or make, uh, as the case may be, if these particular set of circumstances played out over over X amount of time? And having actually gone through and designed a, a lot of these processes to 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 do the stress testing, I. I worked uh, mostly on equity uh, uh, t- uh, tests, and I designed the, the systems. But I had a very distinct. If you would, if you, uh, would, if you would explain to, to 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 me, like equity, what do you mean? I worked with equity. Uh, mostly shares uh, of of companies uh, that are exchange traded and products, financial products that are based on the value of those shares. Okay, uh, and uh, you know. I've 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 gone through the 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 UK financial regulator expects uh, the banks under its uh, remit to 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 do stress testing uh, on on regulatory mandated scenarios. The US regulator, Hong Kong regulator, uh, European regu- European uh, Central Bank expects its its banks to do stress testing. Every time I've gone through this, uh, I've had uh, almost. Uh, uh, direction, a directive from senior management uh, to achieve a, a certain result, right? So pretty much you can you can always go through, you, you, you would always go through stress testing this way. You get the, the, the requirement to run a stress test, you then get the scenario, and before you even look at the scenario, you get a maybe not spoken, not written, but a, a, a kind of a, a directive, a suggestion. This is how much the bank needs to achieve in the result. You know, either not normally a loss, but the, the loss needs to be uh, significant enough as to show that we've treated the stress test seriously. It cannot be big enough to cause alarm, right? I've, it cannot. It cannot be a gain because then you know it would look strange. It has to be a loss. Uh, the loss cannot be be small enough because then you're not you're not you're not doing your job really. But it cannot be big enough because that would cause red flags and questions. So how how can you maintain intellectual integrity when you you're you're almost told upfront before you do your research your your modeling, this is what we want the result to be. No, it's the question of the. <clears throat> I I would say this do, the domain knowledge uh, which. Uh, we spoke about about actual meaning of the data, but w- we mentioned in form of the of the joke about the goal of the exercise. Uh, the exercise that, that you were running, you, you could just write them the number. Uh, well, like but they, then you have to justify it, right? So it's, so your, this your, 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 your job is to find the the, the, the circumstances, I guess, uh, which would produce uh, bigger. Uh, can I can I be blunt? It's uh, it's a manipulation. <laughs> I know you expected <laughs> some, some some word that we would have to beep here, uh, and I wanted to use one, but I decided against it because I would have to beep it myself, and it's too much work. Uh, anyway, uh, it's not a it's not a research. It's uh, it's it's uh, let's say a calculation which is aimed. The goal is to satisfy. Uh, I, I'm a bit surprised. The powers that be, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm a bit surprised that they didn't want to run 
actual tests just for themselves and um, the second set to, to, to justify because that's what I would do. If I, if, if I would have uh, desire to just fulfill the, uh, you know, the ticks of somebody, somebody else's and pressure from outside, uh, I would still, I would be curious myself, like, okay, if, if the things go really, 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 really uh, bad, how badly will I be hit? But that's my curiosity. I'm, I'm no, I think there's uh, there's a lot, and if, probably especially in case of stress testing. Uh, in uh, I, I will be slammed for that in the comments, and and uh, you know we will be contacted by someone. But I will say that because of that's my uh, my intellectual integrity requires it. There's a lot of uh, kind of uh, living in denial. I think in financial services. Uh, that you don't really want to know, and even after 2008, uh, there, you don't really want to know how big the problem is. Uh, you you want you want to be comfortable. Uh, you want to demonstrate to yourself that the problem is really not that big, and that you your risk is within certain parameters that are easily understandable. And uh, you know, th- probably that's why. Uh, you know, cer- certain certain scenarios are run the way the way they are. Uh, it's 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 an interesting problem. Uh, it r- reminds me, it's it's not just business, and you know, you are talking about people who are under pressure of controlling uh, billions and billions of dollars uh, under heavy scrutiny of of, of regulators and uh, and stuff. I guess this pressure can can. Mm, create the need people have the need to to be sure and they want to see things in a certain way there are psychological mechanisms again idea for a future episode to to invite the psychologist to talk about psychology of statistics not statistics of psychology but the psychology of statistics there is a whole field Mm -hmm. uh, where where uh, psychologists explain why certain statistics are used the way it is despite not being scientifically maybe applicable to the problem. But the case, uh, big bank, important CEO, a lot of money, little research institute, a researcher doing very important, very important work on which may not result in catastrophic failure if something goes wrong. Uh, one of the best statisticians I, uh, I know uh, was asked to help a researcher in deciding what is the actual effect size on the, on the research uh, that was uh, being performed. Uh, what happened, she received the, the, the results and said, you know, but you have, you know, only three repetitions of, of this exercise here, uh, of this uh, uh, experiment, uh, it, it won't be really very reliable. Um, she heard, oh yeah, we run seven, but we know that the three are required to, to, to publish stuff, so we took the three which are the most aligned <laughs> with what we expect, and we disregarded other four. And now you use statistics to show what is the significance of, of the results that we, that we have. Yeah, uh, that's... 
That, but that, that's, just, that's just intellectual integrity uh, gone out of the window, right? No, actually, the, the results went out of the window and the, the, the person in question just didn't do any analytics and he said that refuses to participate in such shenanigans and uh, it just won't be done this way. Uh, but uh, I've heard a rumor and probably, again, we will be contacted by someone uh, Again, please treat them as a as, as a rumor. I have absolutely no reason to believe that these are more than a rumor. However, from the intellectual perspective, it would be interesting thing to do. Uh, some of the big pharma companies, when they are doing, uh, it is being said that some big pharma companies, when they are doing uh, the actual tests of of uh, field tests of, of, of the medicines that they produce, they run it multiple times. And even if you have pretty uh, stringent uh, constraints on, on testing, uh, if you can afford it, what you can do, you can run really big tests multiple times. And uh, one of them, you may succeed to select a group of people who will react to the medicine the way you expect. Uh, if you already spent a billion or two billion dollars, euros or pounds on developing a medicine, spending extra 100 million or 200 million or repeating really big uh, tests five, six, seven, ten times, it makes a business, uh, business, uh, it's a business viable uh, solution. Uh, so I must say that, that it might be, it might be just, just, uh, you know, foil hats trying to, uh, spread that, 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 that mouth, uh, big pharma. However, looking at the opioid crisis in, in the States, uh, I believe there might exist at least one company, who, you know, pharmaceutical company willing to do questionable practices to increase their uh, profit. Obviously, we're not, we're not, we're not pointing out to any, anyone. And, no, no, absolutely. Uh, I worked, yeah. I worked for, for, for some big pharma companies and they were guys genuinely interested in the well-being of the patients. And I must say that everybody that I spoke there, from IT teams to, to researchers, their main goal was to make good medicine. And uh, I was really, uh, maybe not, I don't want to use the word surprised, but uh, the level of integrity was astonishing. It was that they wanted to do the right thing and, and to be sure and understand. The, it, was, it, was, it was pretty interesting working there because we really wanted to understand why the things work. They, they weren't. Uh, satisfied with just getting things that that are working, they wanted to understand it, why it works, what might, might be the side effects, how it can be used in the future. Uh, the, the the scientific, intellectual, and moral integrity of these people was absolutely ast- astonishing. And then hearing all this uh, foil hat theories about all big pharma just being lizard men trying to experiment with mm-hmm. people. Are, uh, yeah, let, let, uh, let, let's not go there. Uh, so, it, it, it actually... Shall we try, shall we try to steer? 
Yeah, I, I just wanted to, to steer the conversation a, a bit a, a bit back because you mentioned something. Uh, you know, we've, we've obviously spoke uh, we we, sp- we spoke uh, about the, the intellectual freedom and really wanting to get to the to the bottom of things, to the reality of things. But now now you mentioned about traceability as well, and uh, this this ties very nicely to what you, what you said in the beginning about your your model being an analytical model, not machine learning, because the the prob- the big problem with a lot of machine learning models is that it there are black boxes you throw in some data some conclusions come out or not even conclusions some model comes out which then you can feed with with new data so it does some predictions but then you cannot crack this box open you you cannot really un- answer why certain things happen so uh, there, there you know big, I, I, I don't agree at this point i don't agree uh, there is more and more research done on so-called explainable models. Uh, there are methods of uh, feeding uh, the models or, or creating the models with avoidance of certain uh, certain parameters or variables and, and subsets of variables. The explainability of the models is increasing. Uh, if somebody wants to do it, if somebody wants to understand what is behind it, as you say, there's research, right? Uh, in, in practice, the ones that we see in the wild, uh, so to speak, uh, when, we, when, we, when we encounter businesses, they still work with the models where you throw in some data, a neural network or something is, is calibrated, is taught, and then you do predictions. And a prediction comes out, and the only thing you can say is because we fed it this data. And uh, traceability mm-hmm. is is very important. So your model was traceable because it was analytic. Uh, a lot of the modeling that I've done in financial services was traceable because we could actually do analysis on the on the model, and that also you know directs you not only to why there are certain results coming out, but you it allows you to look at the boundaries and look at the limitations where the model actually breaks down because any model. It's 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 a map and it has it has boundaries. You have to know where your model will actually start giving start giving you rubbish, unreliable information, unreliable predictions because you've reached the end of the envelope. Uh, that is that that is true, and this is something that we tried to do in in cognition for years is to make our clients aware. But we started as a as a uh, data science pure data science company. And uh, we we were producing models for people, and always we were trying to identify in what circumstances uh, these models will will stop working. I think wh- one of the actually you should tell me uh, one of the reasons why uh, why two thousand and eight had such a terrible impact was that people were using models and and all this. Uh, instruments uh, which were assuming some continuity of of events like uh, prices of, of, of properties rising and without thinking when the models that we build will will break up what is the what is the change yeah, the- in assumptions that that will break the model We'll we'll probably again uh, in future episodes go into two thousand and eight and and dissect it uh, into into very small pieces. But if I, if I had to point point out uh, that a single 
a significant assumption, mathematical assumption that was uh, that led directly to 2008. It was the uh, assumption of independence of uh, the distributions going into the Gaussian cupola uh, that was used to price CDOs. Uh, we, will you know, need, the, we, will, we will need a separate. We will need a separate. Yeah, uh, but if, if, podcast if, if, if you watch, <laughs> uh, uh, if you watch the Big Short, you will get a very good example. You know, with uh, with 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 celebrity actors on how how it actually worked out but it is it it was an assumption a mathematical assumption that got us into it and the well the misuse of that mathematical assumption uh so yes it is it, it was a model which was devised for certain purposes and then it was taken to its illogical conclusion and used on a grand scale essentially to make money uh and yeah, the so, rest is history. Uh, again, we will speak about uh, in detail in the future, but the same principle works with, I think, most of the science which is being done. I think even more money was wasted thanks to uh, us, a single assumption, which is very often overlooked, which is when you calculate p-value, you assume that the two two sets are are identical. Hypothesis zero is they are identical. They never are. So this is a little assumption which was omittable when the samples were small. Uh, so at, at this level, let's say this this assumption could be omitted because they were the the difference could be so small that irrelevant. But now we then we got into into high throughput methods, whole genomes, whole proteomes. Uh, whole populations being tested, and suddenly this long-forgotten assumption uh, came out and and wasted a lot of money. But let's uh, let's let's get back to to to, to, the, to the COVID model. So <clears throat> let's try to line it up again. You have people who have some, I would say, freedom to to, to operate. They they get the data where they think about its meaning. Actually, this is maybe a good good time to mention that we will talk about it in the future because to learn the actual meaning of the data, uh, it's not enough to be a good data scientist. It's not about to be a good data guy. The data comes from different sources. Let's focus on business. Uh, you need to work with business people, and lack of cooperation between business and and and, and research uh, and data data science uh, scientists is is a terrible thing. Uh, we actually, uh, with a couple of colleagues, wrote a book, uh, Data Mesh in Action, where Data Mesh is uh, a solution aimed to bring decentralized analytics and the, the decentralized responsibility for analytics and put it in the hands of the business domains. So the people who are actually doing business are supposed to work with people who are doing actual analytics to produce some 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 results. And this is this is critical. We will be I will be coming back to that often, not only to promote my book, but uh, also to, <clears throat> to 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 make sure that people understand if you are a data scientist, you need to talk to to business people. They are also smart people. They may not spend as many years learning about machine learning as you did, but they do actual job that brings actual results, and it means that they know something. Hopefully, 
Uh, hmm. If you are uh, a business person, uh, talk to your data scientists. They may be a bit geeky. They may not be as excellent in communication and preparing, uh, I don't know, colorful PowerPoints. Uh, uh, but despite their geekiness, they might understand how to pros- process the data that you know in a way that will give you a meaningful uh, model, but they won't do it if you won't tell them what this data really means. They will do their best, but if they won't understand what really is behind this data, they are likely, unfortunately, to feed you the predictions which are based on the wrong assumptions. We spent the last couple of minutes talking about the dangers of the wrong assumptions. So assumptions about data are really, really dangerous in business. Uh, so then, then we come to the tools because you know our model it was analytical, so it was just a couple of numbers, like the the the, the, the ratio of or the spread uh, of the uh, of the virus should be this such and such, uh, but we needed tools to uh, to test this model against the reality. We used third-party tool. We didn't write our own. It was a tool um, used to uh, model the spread of, uh, I think, uh, the, the the bird flu. Uh, it's it's free to use and and done by amazing researchers. Uh, not very popular, but absolutely amazing. It, as I said, it divides the world into little pieces around international airports and that uses the data about the connections, actual physical data about the, 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 the flight connections to, to predict how the, how the mm, mm, disease will spread all over the world. Uh, we used it, it, it looked like it, 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 uh, uh, it's close enough to, to, uh, to reality that it's worth at least discussing. And this is another, another issue that I wanted to raise here. Uh, but let's stop at the technologies. Uh, again, technology is, I remember one, one mm, discussion I had when somebody wanted to, to hire our company. And they said, okay, but what are the technologies that you're really like, excited about? I said, I'm sorry, I'm too old to be excited about technologies. Technologies come and go, they change. They, I'm sometimes excited about the new possibilities which some technologies can open, but technologies themselves are nothing. They I are tools, right? In, they, are, they are tools. I, I, you know, I use hammer, I use nails. I try not to stick to the hammer because everything will look like a nail. Uh, but I have a white toolbox, and the, the, the gentleman was unconvinced. He wanted to work with people who would be like, excited because they were planning to implement some new technology. He wanted people who will be like, you know, really excited about it. Uh, but why did he speak to the guys who are focused on business processes and, and uh, with strong uh, data science background? I don't know. It's like he yeah, should well, talk to the tech company probably. We are, we are, uh, we are as, anyway. as you say, we try to be technology agnostic uh, and uh, and look at the at the at the data. We look at the process. We look at the risk. But uh, you know, if 
if if someone if someone is getting excited about about a specific technology, then yeah, they 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 should be looking at developing that technology, not something based on it, because that's it's it's a completely different thing. Yes, it, that's that's something which is worth 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 remembering. That technology is just a set of tools. Um, so uh, we come to we we come to the conclusion where the the last thing which is I think required for for the actual success of the model is people willing to listen to it. Our model was. Uh, was delayed in, in publishing. It was released and, and the preprint was released in March. It was it was published in, if I remember correctly, July. So the number of papers about COVID by then skyrocketed, and it was lost in the in the crowd. And we were still the only global model back then. It was still the first peer-reviewed global model. Uh, it had pretty interesting consequences, which proved right. So so I'm not saying that our model was uh, perfect. I'm not saying that it was uh, the only possible way of looking at coronavirus. But what it was giving, it was giving a bit different outlook at the, at the disease and the it could lead to to a bit different reaction of the world if it would be listened to. Uh, I don't want to go to, to go. If you're interested in the discussion between between us and uh, our reviewers, where one of them was released from his duty for for obstructionism, uh, it was the first time in in, in my career and uh, that, that the reviewer was actively undermining. The publication on the political basis. So, but what there, 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 there were a lot of pressure, political pressure. So, and and but, that but that the, is clear. The so, the conclusion that I want to uh, I want to reach: you, if you have your good model, what you need for it to succeed is someone willing to accept the results. And this is, you know, our 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 podcast is aimed to educate and maybe help senior management and business owners. So if you have your data science team, and we spoke about it earlier, about testing of, uh, stress testing of the systems. If you have a data science team and they come up to you with some result that you don't like, listen to them. They may not be right, uh, but they may not be wrong. Uh, this is something which is, uh, which is, this is where the most prejudice comes. It's not a prejudice towards the data that was used to fit the model. It's a prejudice towards the results which are not aligned with the with the expectations. Uh, so this is reminds me of of another story. If if we may kind of uh, wrap up with uh, uh, with with another story that you actually told me, and this is this is your story. But let let me tell this the the, the way I remember. Where uh, you you told you told me you were interviewed once and uh, for for a data science job and you were given this this set of data to uh, to 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 analyze and uh, uh, you told you, you know one one of the big wigs in the company was 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 present and 
you told them, yeah, this 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 project it didn't bring any ROI. It it was it was, you know, it's interesting. It was interesting concept, but there there is no ROI. So yeah, that's that's the result. And uh, you 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 told me about the shock in their eyes that all, all their data scientists told them that the project was big success and uh, you know there was there, it brought it brought such a return that it was 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 astounding. And you just pointed out that there was, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, that the, the data com- the data contained uh, natural market shifts, external factors that were completely not accounted and the selection, for. And the selection, the selection of the of the sample for there was a subset of companies with, which had like projects implemented and, and and not implemented, but the, the difference between them. Uh, was already significant. They didn't randomly choose. Uh, so let's say they were bound to uh, ride the wave a bit better uh, than, 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 the, than the other guys. Like, you know, if you have higher turnover in some of, let's say, shops, and uh, the, the whole market grows uh, by a certain percent, their net turnover will grow more than these, these smaller ones. So the, the percentage-wise, the growth was identical. Uh, it just was, you know, ob- objectively so bigger. Yes. It, it, it's it's a clear clear example of confirmation bias, but I think it 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 points out very nicely that even even in things where you you know you think you know the domain, you think you know the ultimately the processes, you still need to be careful, and it's it's worth taking you know an external guy to look at the data objectively and. Uh, uh, and and, and tell you what they really think, uh, and you need to be willing to accept that, that 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 some of your preconceptions may be outdated. They could be true some time ago, but but the world changes. Okay, I think it's uh, we're we're running out of time. Yeah, it's 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 all the time uh, all, all that we have time for uh, today. Hopefully, it was of use to to someone. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about Paradigm Shifts, head to the Paradigm Shift podcast hosted by Ashish Kundra and Zain Salim. You'll find there some candid conversations with people building the future about the breakthrough moments and hard-earned insights that shaped people, products and technologies. And for some very educational risk management disaster stories, listen to Dr. Andrew's thoughts in his podcast, My Worst Investment Ever, where he interviews uh, investors and financial titans from around the world who share their heartbreaking tales of investment misfortune. As usual, the links to both of these sources will be in the notes to this episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we'll be talking to Yuchen Chan, the founder of Redpoint Holdings, entrepreneur and investor about his experiences in nurturing startups. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak, and my co-host, Artur Buja. Thank you.